she called me. She said she gets 10,000 unsolicited submissions every year. And she answers two of them. And she was answering mine. What? Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, a podcast of exploration, vulnerability, and curiosity, in which I seek to bring more understanding and compassion to the human experience. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, I am here with, honestly, a dream guest, a dream for two reasons. One is that I've been listening to her podcast for literally five years. And um, second reason is because she's just like so open to doing whatever and talking about her life with me. And so I'm really excited to see where this goes. Um, It's the one and only Melanie Avalon. She is the author of What When Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting and Wine. She's the co-host of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast and the host of the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. And uh, more recently, creator of supplements uh, with a company Avalon X. She currently makes um, a product called Serapeptase. Uh, which <laughs> I was just thinking, should I explain that? And then I was like, that feels like a lot. And <laughs> you're coming out with a magnesium supplement too, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on the show, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Oh my goodness. Five years. <laughs> have yeah. you all listened to the episode number one? <laughs> I have not listened to it unless I did listen to it back in the day, which is possible. I probably, it's not officially five years. I think I started listening in June and you guys started in like April, right? Or a little earlier of 2017. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I never remember when we actually started, but it probably was around then, but wow. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's so fun. I mean, it's so funny. I just was on, so Jen Stevens is Melanie's, was Melanie's co-host um, of the Intermittent Pas- Fasting Podcast um, for the last five years. And I just was on her podcast, Intermittent Fasting Stories, and it's so fun. So it's so fun that I'm like now getting to talk to you because I feel like I'm like, oh, these are my friends <laughs> that we've been growing this relationship for five years, but you guys don't know who I am. And it's a very one-sided friendship, uh, which is fine, <laughs> but it's really fun to now get to like converse with you actually. Oh my goodness. That's, um, it's so funny. Now I want to interview you because I, because <laughs> I'm so curious about that whole process with intermittent fasting stories. I want to like hear your intermittent fasting story. Wait, I just have to know what type of fasting do you do? Um, well, so I do typically like right now, like an 18 hour fast. I'm very loose with it. Like it's changed over the years. Um, but I do like typically like a midday window. Okay. Nice. I've tried to move it later and I just like, can't seem to, my body just like prefers the midday. So you can, because my issue with eating earlier is I'm still super hungry at night and I can't sleep on an empty stomach. So you're good. Like you can go to bed without food. Yeah. I typically feel good going to bed on like a semi empty stomach, but sometimes Um, and I typically say that I feel like I can't sleep if I eat too late, but then every once in a while I like eat super late and I'll like sleep amazing. And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) 
I, I don't know. I really wish I could sleep on an empty stomach. And I posted a really intense long blog post sort of recently, a few months ago, where I tried to figure out, like actually look on object or objectively. Yes. Objectively <laughs> at the scientific literature about the best time to eat. And yeah. my takeaway was between like four and 7 PM seems to be ideal. Interesting. But I eat so late. <laughs> but you also go to sleep so late. How, how, what time do you usually go to sleep? Oh my goodness. I, my goal, I would be so proud of myself if I was asleep by 2 a.m., but it's been later recently. Yeah. It's been like, like in the threes, maybe wow. four. It's yeah. So bad. <laughs> I know that's like a constant struggle for you, but, um, like your mom said in the most recent episode of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast, that's just how you are and it's okay. <laughs> I know, I know. I need to just accept myself. Um, it's really hard when you do things that are contrary to societal constructs. You know, like totally. that there could be so many, it, it could be so many things. And um, I don't know, I, I don't, I was going to say it's a little bit arbitrary, but it, I, I mean, it is a little bit arbitrary because there are people like me whose circadian rhythms really are different. And, um, but you know, society runs on a certain time, time totally. scale. So, yeah, I mean, I feel that with like the, the eating times, like just because, you know, I have tried to change my eating time so often. And like my mom does intermittent fasting and she has like an early, like she likes to wake up early and then eat early and like be done eating by like 11 a.m. And like, I know that that would definitely not work for me. And it's also hard for me to wait too long. Like if I eat late, I'm going to be hungry in the morning anyway. Like I just can't switch it over. So I'm like the, the circadian rhythm thing is real. Like it's not just in our heads or else we would just be able to like will ourselves to do something different. Exactly. And like, same for me, but the reverse uh, or similar yeah. to what you just said, like if I were to eat in the morning, I would still be starving at night. Like it wouldn't, yeah, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, so. totally. Um, so I, I always hear, I'm trying to think like, okay, I really wanted to have you on partially just because obviously like your career trajectory, <laughs> if you want to call it that, or like your, which I, I, that word like kind of triggers me actually, but like, just like the way, like what you've ended up doing sort of like with your life and like out in public, I feel like has changed a lot over time and probably has been like somewhat unexpected. And I always just think about the way that you and Jen Stevens. So I guess I should say this, um, we're at sort of like a cool, like milestone and turning point um, for Melanie because the intermittent fasting podcast, which is the first podcast that she started and the one that I started listening to originally in 2017. Um, so it was always Melanie and Jen and Jen just left the podcast and Cynthia Thurlow is now um, coming on as the host. So it's kind of like a big moment, I feel like. And also five years is like definitely, you know, a milestone. Um, and so I thought it would be like cool to like reflect on <laughs> like everything that Melanie's, you know, done. Um, so that's like one of the huge reasons that I wanted to have you on. Um, and I always just think about the way that you and Jen met. <laughs> if you want to tell that story, it just, it like blows my mind. Like, 
I don't know. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, this is definitely a big five years moment and the, mm-hmm. with the transition, like you just said, but the way we initially met is really funny. I, um, I had always, so I've been listening to podcasts since literally middle school for me, like the first in middle school, I listened to this Walt Disney world podcast, literally like every day I was obsessed with it. Wait, I'm Um, sorry. I have to stop you there. What was the podcast about? (laughs) W it was called WDW today. I think it's still, I'm sure it probably still goes. And it was, um, four hosts and they just, so one of the hosts was, um, Oh my goodness. Am I not going to remember his name now? Um, he was the, the, the author of the unofficial guide to Walt Disney world, which is like, I probably the biggest Disney world guide that there is. His name will come to me. Um, but they, and then there's just like three other guys and they would just talk about like Disney world and the rides and so like, it's all I, like park themed and like specifically Disney world to not Disneyland specifically Disney world, like the occasional Disneyland maybe, but specifically Disney world. I mean, there'd be episodes on the restaurants. There was listener Q and a, like I'm such, I'm so obsessed with Disney world and, um, like Epcot and all of the parks. And so literally like when I would grow up, I would go to Disney world and I would be so happy. And then I would come home and I would like, I've never really and I don't want to use this word lightly, but the closest I ever come to, would come to be feeling like a little bit depressed was like on the flip side of a trip and being like, I need to be back in Disney world. So I would listen to the show. Um, it was oh so good. Actually so there's funny. this, there's okay. I will say, I'm just putting this out there. There's one episode <laughs> of it called, um, <laughs> is there's one, there's this one episode where they, they do a challenge where they try to um, go around Epcot. Have you been to Disney World, by the way? I have, but only when I was like seven. I grew up in California, so Disneyland was my spot. Your thing. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, and I was in LA for 10 years, so I had my Disneyland um, time <laughs> as well. But there's this one episode where they go to Epcot and they it, they do a challenge where they try to eat in every single country all in a row. And they just tell a story about it. And it's like the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, so if listeners want to look that up, um, but in any case, yeah. So I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. And, um, when I start, I don't know when I first decided that I wanted to do a podcast about intermittent fasting specifically, but I wanted to probably after I self-published my book first, which was in 2014, so it was always on my radar. And um, I finally I decided it was time and I needed to find a co-host. So I was looking at Facebook groups about fasting and Jen Stevens had, I don't know at the time if she just, she probably had her two big ones. And I went in one of them and it had, I don't even know how many members it had. When she quit the groups, when she shut them down, they had over oh man, like over 300,000 members. I Wow. Crazy. Yeah. So there was a lot of people. Um, so I went into the group and I wanted to ask if anybody wanted to host a podcast with me and I wanted to establish my credibility. You know, I didn't want to seem like I was just this, you know, random girl. So I, at the time, my self-published book, I had just signed with a literary agent. So it was going to be released in stores. So I mentioned in the post, like I'm an author. I have a book coming out on intermittent fasting. I didn't, 
I didn't say what the book was. I didn't put a link to it because mm-hmm. I didn't want people to think that I was self-promoting. Um, so I said that, and I said that I was thinking of starting a podcast and did anyone want to co-host with me? And her, the people like freaked out on me because <laughs> her people are very loyal and intense. And they thought I was, you know, trying to self-promote. So I got all of these awful comments and then they actually blocked me from the group. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) That was not the place to ask that question. Um, But then Jen actually sent me a message and was like, hi, um, I was actually thinking of starting a podcast. I'd love to learn more. So yeah, they let me back in the group and um, (laughs) we did a call to meet each other. And I think we, I haven't thought about this in forever. We did a call we connected. It sounded like a good idea. And I think within a few weeks we were recording our first episode. So yeah, that was the beginning. And was she, was her group the only group that you posted Posted in? in? I think, I think I posted in one other group, but I don't know which, which one it would have been. That was the main one though. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I just think it's so wild because something that I think about a lot is like, just like the trajectory of life and like success and sort of like the things I've been sort of having this um, conversation a little bit about like fate versus free will. And so like, Mm. I feel like there's some of that kind of comes up for me a little bit of like putting in the work or and, and obviously you like put in so you had already written a book and obviously Jen was also already very committed to intermittent fasting, but then like, there's that just like a little magical moment of like you guys coming together in the space book group. I mean, it literally like changed your life. Would you say like this podcast? I am so happy to be having this conversation <laughs> right now because I, um, I, cause I'm constant, I'm just so in awe of my life and I'm so grateful and this is something I probably haven't reflected on before. And that is, that is so true. Like if I had not posted that comment in that group, or if I'd posted somewhere else and somebody Mm -hmm. else had, you know, answered first, it could have been a completely different trajectory. And it's a really good um, concept that you just talked about, about, you know, free will versus fate. And because like, for me, like I, I looking at my life, like there's so many different ways it could have gone and could still go. I get really stressed if I think about like the butterfly effect, like I just can't. Cause I'm like, Oh, <laughs> um, but like, so, like something I think about a lot is, um, I, after I graduate well, at my senior year of college, cause I went to USC film school. Um, and I was interning with a lot of producers because my, my, and I still, my main passion actually is acting. Like I love the entertainment world and movies and all of that. And, um, I was interning with some like really big producers at my senior year of college. And then afterwards, like right, right after I graduated, I was still interning with one of the producers at Disney studios. And, um, he actually offered me the assistant role, like to be his assistant. And this would be like in a, like a, like a producer assistant in a, in a desk job office type situation, but like creative development and stuff like that. And that was like such, cause you just talked about how like there are these like small little moments that change your life. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely one of those moments, but I was just very aware of it because it was like kind of like blinding, like <laughs> I have to make a choice here. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't do it, um, because I, 
wanted to pursue acting and I, I, you know, didn't think I could go on auditions and stuff if I was, um, in a studio, even though he was like a major, major producer. Um, but that's like uh, something I look back, I'm like, Hmm, like, I wonder where my life would be right now if I had gone that route, which would be like a completely different route to go. Um, but all that to say, if I can like tie a thesis into all of this, (laughs) my like forward drive and goals with everything. Like, I think regardless of the path, it would end up somewhere in the vibe of what I was going for I'd like to think but um yeah it's really hard to know like it's a stressful question to me (laughs) yeah that is I I really love that story about not choosing this is something that I've personally been kind of exploring for the past you know 10 11 years since college is like these moments of these like big choice moments where it's like this is the sort of like reasonable thing to do or the responsible thing to do or the thing where you can kind of see where the path is going versus like the thing that your heart wants that you can't see necessarily or that you can't necessarily like explain to someone else or that someone might advise against or something like that. Um, And it sounds like that moment of being like, okay, should I choose this job that's like set for me as a producer's assistant, this big, you know, big deal thing, but it's not really like what my heart wants and I'm going to actually go toward something that's a lot more maybe like difficult or up to luck or you know you just can't you know it's not like you can you can be like well I'm just going to be an actor and I'll just like get a job as an like it's just not that easy you know like I have a lot of friends too who in L like from LA who are actors and that's it's not an easy thing to pursue necessarily like you really have to love it I'm, I'm so glad you said that too, because literally I remember when I was making that decision and even now it, it was a little bit ironic to me because it, it was a decision. It was like, it was like adjacent. It was like passion, slightly adjacent because it was mm-hmm. so close. Cause it was, you know, Disney and, um, movies and every, like, I loved it and I loved being there, but it wasn't. It, it was very safe. And I just remember being like, this is so ironic that I'm considering like a job working for a major Disney producer to be the safe choice. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then apparently my parents were super supportive and I'm, I'm so grateful for them. They've, they've supported me my entire life, but it's funny. I recently was talking with them and I didn't realize at the time that they thought I was literally crazy for not doing that. Um, because they didn't really tell me that because they were super supportive. Um, but I had a really nice surreal moment where everything sort of came full circle because at the time, um, so this was, uh, Jim Whitaker, um, at Disney and his assistant, Adam Borba was the assistant that I interned for. And he is now one of the execs of the company. And he actually came onto my biohacking show oh sort gosh. of recently because he, um, he has a book now as well. And they're making the new Peter Pan movie, which is not out yet, but, um, it was such a moment. Like he came onto my show and I got to interview him and I was like, Oh, it's like everything coming full circle. So, um, I'm, I'm really grateful for how everything turned out for sure. Yeah. I love that. And, and it's so funny too, to think like, you know, wanting to be an actor and obviously still wanting to be an actor. I feel like there's always like the question of fame in that. And now it's like, you're a podcaster for something totally different, you know, nutrition and, and fasting. Um, and I don't know if you would like consider yourself (laughs) famous, but like, you know, you're like well-known in that industry, I guess, you know, and you've like talked to like every, um, 
you know, all the scientists, all the, you know, doctors who are like talking about the stuff that you're interested in. And obviously like your podcasts, um, have a lot of, you know, listeners and, and your book has a lot of, um, readers. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because my, um, my goals still haven't really changed. They've Mm -hmm. just evolved and morphed a little bit. So like still my dream right now would be to have like a TV show, but it would be based on basically what I'm doing now, but like in a, in a TV format. Cause then I could combine all of my passions of like film and TV with what I'm doing now, which is something that I never really expected. And I had a moment like literally right before we hopped on because today, like literally today, I, a piece just published about me on LA weekly, which is so surreal to me. Cause like, if I, if I look back at myself from, you know, back in that time when I was like in LA and, you know, acting and all of that, that would have definitely been a goal, but I would have thought it would have been about acting related stuff, not, you know, the podcast and stuff like that. So it's just really interesting. It's just really cool to see how everything is evolving. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's so cool. I like, I like love hearing about, I mean, maybe it's just cause it's like such a perfect like story. (laughs) Um, but like with all the full circle things and like all of that, I feel like, I feel like trusting like where life goes is like a constant, you know, that's like a constant exercise for everyone to kind of be able to do that. And so I love like bringing stories like this to the podcast to share just so like people can hear what's possible, I guess. Um, And obviously everyone's life, you know, trajectory is different. So I'm not saying like specifically (laughs) become like a famous podcaster or like do, you know, this, but it's more of like the underlying, um, you know, like, like the, the things that you put in and also like the ways that the universe kind of like meets you. Um, So I love, like, I think that's like available to everyone. And I, and so I love like bringing stories like this out, I guess. No, I, I love this so much. I was actually having a really deep conversation about this recently with my friend, Vanessa, who has a podcast in this year as well. And we were talking about, like, I'm very much intrigued and haunted by the, the role of environmental factors and external factors versus internal. And we keep using the word life's trajectory, but <laughs> like, cause for me, um, I just always, like, I've never been worried or fearful that I was like, not, not going to achieve my dreams or that I was going to fail or, and it's just because I, the way I saw it was the only, really, honestly, the only way you can fail is if you, um, like, just stop yourself. Or if you, I mean, once you, I don't, I'm not, not, not saying that like, like if you die, you fail, but then that, then you, <laughs> that, that journey is over. Like yeah. basically you can always be working towards your goal. So there's not really any failure if you're always just working towards it. Um, but the thing I don't know is like, cause that, it just feels so intrinsic and intuitive to me. Like I, this is just the way I've always felt, Um, but my, you know, my family's been so supportive. Like I'm, I've been very supported. So I don't, I don't know, like if I had been born in a completely different situation, like how that would have manifested. But then on the flip side, there are people who are very supported who, who don't feel that way. So maybe, 
you know, maybe it is, I don't know. What do you think? Like the difference between the intuitive drive versus the external factors? Yeah. I mean, I do think it's probably a mix because I do feel like, you know, whenever I think about like abundance, for example, um, you know, I think a lot of people, when they hear the word abundance, they think about like money or finances. And I always think, you know, it's also our predisposition, predisposition, like does someone come in, you know, sort of like predisposed to like have a positive outlook or to be, you know, friendly and like a people person or like, you know, some people just are more likable than other people or like, so I feel like there's like all of these factors are more ambitious or whatever. And so it does feel like there are like inherited or like inherent things that we're sort of like born with. And then I do think like what you're saying of like your parent, like the fact that your parents never said, like, we think you're crazy for, <laughs> you know, not taking that job. I think like what, you know, what a service they did to you, because I mean, maybe if they had said you're crazy, you would have just been like, I don't care. You know, like I know a lot of people, you know, they're just so confident and like, okay, this is what I want to do that. It doesn't really matter if any, like if there are any naysayers, but I know for myself, like it is a lot easier when people do like support you or just don't question you, you know, and, and I think that kind of helps to instill that trust, um, that things can work out. And also I was having this conversation yesterday with a friend where, you know, she was talking about doing something big and her mom, she was kind of nervous about it. And her mom said to her, like, it's okay if you fail also, you know, which I think is not the messaging that we always get, like you, it's okay to take a risk and it's okay to fail. Um, I think most, you know, fear and worry that comes from outside sources is because they don't want you to fail and they want you to be okay, which is like totally nice, but like not always helpful. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm so happy to be having this conversation right now. <laughs> I love that you keep saying that. <laughs> I have, okay. I have two big thoughts. One about the abundance, one about the failure. Okay. So the abundance. Oh my goodness. I have so many thoughts about this. Um, I agree completely about the abundance mindset versus like a scarcity mindset, for example, because it's definitely something that you live in. And my really unique relationship with the abundance mindset is, um, I, like I, cause I do think I am becoming increasingly comfortable with operating from that mindset, but I really actually really struggle with it. Mm. And it's because, um, so I was raised really supported and my dad had a, a really good job. And, um, but my mom, like my parents before they both were raised, not with a lot of money. So my dad, you know, worked his way up and everything. Um, but my mom, I think she, and I completely am grateful. I, I, I understand why she did this. Um, but I think the approach had a slightly different effect on me, which was she, she would always tell us because she didn't want us to be, she want to not want us to take anything for granted. Um, and she didn't want us to be like snobby or, and she wanted us to be humble and all of that. So she would always tell me, even when I was a little kid, like, you know, your dad could lose his job any day. So wow. <laughs> I was like, she would tell us this all the time. And, um, so I literally, like when I was a kid, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like my dad's just going to lose his job tomorrow. So <laughs> I, I definitely did not take anything for granted, but it, it created a fear, um, mindset in me surrounding abundance. So even now, and I work with this with my therapist a lot, but like, I'm, I'm really trying to operate and work on just like accepting the abundance mindset and also not 
not judging it because I think I somehow associate abundance with like, um, something undeserved or something that you shouldn't have or being greedy. So it's a really, um, like delicate and difficult thing for me to, to wrestle with, um, that I'm, and I mentioned Vanessa earlier, who you should totally have on this podcast because she, um, do you listen to her podcast? It's, um, no, the optimal protein podcast. Oh no, but I should. She's great. And she has a lot of people like that I have on my show. Um, but we were talking about this and she was saying that, uh, with abundance, it's just about allowing and, you know, I, I think it's really important, at least for me to separate the morality aspect from it. Cause I will judge everything and feel guilty about everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then the, uh, the failure piece was, I'm so glad that you clarified that because I think, like I was saying, you know, there is no failure, but there, there is, um, there is quitting and there is like things that don't work out. Um, and there is, so like things cannot go as planned and they can look like failures, but I think mm-hmm. they can still be, I think that's okay. And that can be accepted, but then you can still reframe it as like not a failure at the same time. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I love that you're saying that. I feel like there's like thinking about things in terms of failure is like a very like destination thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. Like where it's like, yeah, our, our end goal is not to die. Like we're not like running there as fast as possible, but like technically like that will be the end. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there's always like more things. And I think we always think about life as, and maybe just because of like the way that we perceive time as like that we're going toward something like even even the phrase I was like just talking about this the phrase um like it's the journey not the destination like presumes destination <laughs> it's like but there really isn't like there's mm, really only yeah. a journey it's just like one experience after another and it's not just like climbing a mountain and then you're at the top of the mountain and then you just like die there <laughs> like it's just continual my, my super random tangent thought and we don't have to go down this rabbit hole but I something else that stresses me out is like thinking about time. And if you were to step outside of time, you know, you could in in theory, like, just like, like Hawkins. And and so I don't, what I don't understand is why we don't remember our future. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. Okay. Wait, that's a really interesting question. So this, okay. I feel like this like really ties back into like your life and also like why I'm intrigued by your life and also my life. Um, which is like, maybe you did remember your future. You know what I mean? Like maybe your desire to start a podcast, like was you remembering your future? Like sometimes I think like there are things that we're just kind of living into, or I don't know, it's confusing to talk about it in like past and future. Cause that is like a linear sense of time. But like, if everything has happened already or like everything's happening all at once, then it's like, we can kind of like experience all these different things at many different points in our lives. So it's like, you're like love for Disney and like having the guy from Disney on your podcast or getting that, you know, getting offered that job at Disney or like wanting to podcast. Like maybe these are kind of things that you're like, I don't know. What do you think about that? (laughs) Yeah. I, I, um, I honestly don't know. I, (laughs) and it's, it's kind of like, um, and, and and also this this ties into all of all of the the free will fate mm-hmm. um, th- thing, which 
even if like, okay. Cause I think about it like a book and like, if you, if you're like holding a story, a book in your hand mm-hmm. and you're reading it, like you can read it at any page and at any point in time in that book, the character assume, unless it's like some weird, not weird, but unless it's some book where they're playing with its whole conceit, but um, <laughs> in theory, if it's just like a story at any point in time, the character, um, you know, doesn't know the ending, um, but it's already written. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the character thinks it's making the choice. And I, and like, in a way, the character is making the choice because if the character didn't make that choice, the ending wouldn't be what it is. So they are making the choice, but they can't make any other choice because the ending is already written. This like stresses me out so bad. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, you're saying you're so happy to be having this conversation. I'm also so happy to be having this conversation. I've literally just been thinking about this so much. And I, yeah, like this is something that I think about all the time is like, I'm like, I think I have choice, but maybe I only have the perception of choice. And like, I feel like in my life, I've had a lot of those experiences where I've had that choice between like doing the safe thing and doing the thing that my heart wants. That's like more risky. And like, often I have chosen the safe thing, which has been like a really interesting experience. Cause then I get to like, see what comes from that, which like really is nothing good. Nothing like horrible, you know, but it's like, it never, you know, it always then requires like making a more risky choice later on anyway. Like it always lead in my experience, like has led to just like not feeling fulfilled and things like not really going the way that I planned anyway, or, you know, or like the way that I think that they should with that safer choice. Um, And then you're just like, not even really like happy (laughs) at the end of the day. So it's like, you're, I don't know, like every time I've made a riskier choice, it's been like a a move that has like felt good and like led to like what I perceive as good things in my life. And every time I've made a choice that has felt safer, you know, it's just been like a, a, a rockier road, I would say. And the question about that is, and okay, I don't know if I can like articulate this, but I think about this a lot. So, okay, how do I say it? So like in the end, so even if like your story wasn't re- wasn't already written. So even if you are actually at any given moment, you have complete free will and it's not based on a future story that's already written and like when those choices that you're making that are safe or um, harder regardless even if it's not already written in the end you will have made one of the choices so how could you have made any other choice like because like in the end you're going to make one so it's still predestined in a way I think I don't know um it's like a really subtle nuance but um yeah. Wait, can you describe that a little bit more? So it's like the, the slight difference between, cause I think some people might say that everything's predestined and, um, it's like the, the book is already written. Okay. I, I don't know if I can make this analogy here. Okay. <laughs> so like option a is like, there's a book, you're that character in the book. So you think you're making choices, but really there's a book that's already written mm-hmm. or um, there's this character, but m- we can't see the book. So like, we don't know what the ending is. Um, but in the end, 
we hear a news story about what happened. So because that news story was like ultimately happened, that means it couldn't really have gone any other way because, um, in the, I can't really explain it in the end, something will have happened. So how could you have done anything else? Yeah. You know? Okay. So like that, that is also like an experience that I'm having. So like one of the, one of the things, um, that I feel like was a safe choice that I made that I always sort of was like, do I regret this (laughs) was moving Mm -hmm. to LA. Um, so I grew up in Southern California, but then I went to New York for college and then I moved back to LA and I stayed there for like 10 years. And it was just like a challenging time for me. And like, there were good things. When were you there? Like what what time period? I was there from 2011 to just like six months ago. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. So we overlapped a little bit. Do you think you're going to go back? No. (laughs) Oh, I I am. (laughs) You want to go back. Yeah. You're in Georgia right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, where are you? Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. we're, well, I always, whenever I hear something like sort of in the South, I'm like, oh, we're super close. So I have no idea how far that yeah. is. So. I think it's like a three hour or okay. three to four hour drive, maybe. Nice. Some geography person you, is listening. Do you have family there? No, I don't have family here. I just love it. Like it was like a wow. similar, when I went to New York, it was like a similar feeling of like, I just sort of like knew I wanted to be there, which like feels like, so that was like a riskier move for me to go to like move across the country for college. But it was like one of those things where I was like, this is what I want to do. And there's like no stopping me pretty much. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was amazing. And then the choice to go back to LA was like very much out of fear and like being like, well, I don't know what I'm doing in New York. And, um, just like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. So I'll just go, you know, back to LA. And I always, you know, questioned it and felt like I regretted it. And, and my plan was like, oh, I'll go back for two years and then go back to New York. But by that point, it was like, you know, my friends had left or I didn't feel like it was really my home anymore. And then I kind of was stuck in LA, like feeling like, well, that's not my home, but I don't know what is really. And Something. Where did you live in LA? I lived I'm in Santa Monica. Yeah, like on the west side. Okay. Where did you, did you live on the east side or like in Hollywood, West Hollywood? I, I was all over oh, USC really? and then oh, yeah. then Hollywood, like right by Running Canyon, then oh, okay, cool. Venice Beach, then Sherman Oaks. Oh wow, you really were like in every single yeah. neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. That's actually a big question now. It's like when I go back, like because I, I I moving stresses me out yeah. so much. Yeah. It does. Um, so I'm like when I go back, I wanna like be semi-permanent. Like I'd like to like decide that that's another that's another question that's really stressful. And like with your move <laughs> right now, like the choice of where you decide to move, all of the effects that has. Yeah. Like who knows? <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah, sorry totally. No, it's okay. Yeah, I, I, I now looking back, it's interesting. So I'm like, well, I met so many people in LA, and I'm like, could I have made? It's like this question of could I have made another choice? Like it feels like I made the wrong choice, but maybe that is the only choice I could have made. You know, considering like my psychology at the time, and um, obviously like making that choice like taught me a lot about my own empowerment, and I feel like now I'm a lot more equipped to like make the choices that feel right to like my heart and like moving to, you know, Asheville was a choice like that, where it was like, I mean, I can't tell you how many people in LA, maybe you don't, did you grow up in Georgia too? Like in the South? 
Um, I was born in Atlanta and then I grew up in Memphis, which okay. is a very unique town. Well, <laughs> and then, I, um, I don't know if you experienced this in California, but I feel like people in California are like, why would anyone ever go to the South? And so like every time I like told people like, oh, I'm moving to North Carolina, they were like, why? And so it was like kind of like that same thing where I'm just like, well, like, you, you don't get it because you've never been there. Um, but you know, just yeah. really quickly, it's yeah, so yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, so I, because the reason I actually moved to Atlanta originally, cause I was in LA, then moved to Atlanta, mm-hmm. then I moved back to LA, then I moved mm-hmm. back to Atlanta, oh my God. <laughs> um, but it was because the entertainment industry here is, yeah. um, you know, so, so good. So I was like, I want to like take a break from LA mm-hmm. and I have fa- my family's here. So I was like, Oh, it looks like I'm like moving home, but I'm mm-hmm. like, that's not why. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. So, um, yeah, I definitely to emphasize with, or yeah, I have people, <laughs> I know <what> people say, <laughs> I know people. yeah, totally. And like, that's like a whole other thing. It's like the, the moving home. I don't know. There's so many like judgments and like, you know, expectations and things that I feel like we have in our culture. It's like, back to kind of what you said, like early, early on, um, it's hard when you're doing something that feels like it's not like with your eating pattern, (laughs) like when you're doing something, that feels like it's not, you know, like widely accepted as like normal in, um, our society. Yeah. Um, but so, so what, um, so what are you feeling about North Carolina. (laughs) I just love it. But it feels like, um, yeah, like looking back, I'm like, okay, the first time I went to Asheville was literally 10 years ago. Like I could have, I'm like, part of me is like, I could have just moved here 10 years ago because I already like sort of knew that I liked it, but I'm like, I I couldn't have, and and I wouldn't have the friends that I have today if I had, obviously I would have had a totally different life. Like it's a, that's a hard exercise you know, to do of being like, well, how would my life be different? Maybe it'd be a million times better. I have no idea. But, um, you know, I feel like I learned a lot of lessons in LA that I probably needed to learn. And I like, met a lot of people and like had all of these experiences. Like, I don't know if I would be podcasting if it wasn't for living in LA where it's like everyone has a podcast or, you know, just that kind of like DIY project is like very common there. I don't know if it's like, you know, it's common here. So it's like, there's a lot of, um, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to like make those comparisons of, of like how your life would be different if with one choice or another, but like kind of like what you're saying is, yeah, I don't know if you can, like, if there was another choice, like the having the perception of just the perception of choice. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. And actually that, that ties it all together. And kind of what I was trying to explain with the analogy, like the, mm-hmm. like the fact that you and I are having this conversation <laughs> now, totally like, we're having this conversation. This conversation is being had. So I don't know how you could have made any other choice. Like, right. I don't know. Um, unless there are multiple universes, unless they're like, which that, that's a God. whole, <laughs> unless like the, you know, like the theory of like everything is going every way, like every option. Yeah. That, that's yeah. really stressful. Too. Have you seen everything everywhere all at once? No. Is that about this? Oh my God. You need to watch it. Um, I don't know if it's still in the theaters, but yeah, it's called everything everywhere all at once. Oh, it's out right now. Yeah. I don't, I'm hoping that it's still in the theaters. Um, but yes, it's out right now. I saw it a few weeks ago. I think you would like it. (laughs) Oh my God. It's basically like, yes. Yeah. It's like all of these different kind of like universes converge at I won't say too much about it, but yes, you, you should go watch it. <laughs> Please okay. I'm going to write this down. <laughs> yes, I will. Um, 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. We've like gone all the, I'm like so happy. I love having these conversations and I'm like, I'm so glad that you like have come on this journey with me and like, um, paved the journey yourself too. Um, let me, I'm like, okay, where do we go from here? <laughs> I, I guess like some of my questions is like, how did it feel um, you know, I was thinking when you agreed to come on this podcast, I was like, oh my God, Melanie's like my Rob Wolf. Okay, that 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 puts it in perspective because I'm obsessed with Rob. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know no, if I'm no, I'm, I'm not no, I'm not I'm not saying sorry, I'm not, sorry, that came no, out wrong. No, I didn't mean no. you're obsessed, but like the, the vibe I that yeah. means a lot because I really, really respect and love Rob. So. <laughs> Well, I was thinking about it because I, um, you know, I mean, it's similar in some ways. Cause like you said, he was kind of like your first paleo person. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you kind of were like my, my, well, you and Jen were like my first like introduction into intermittent fasting, um, in like a more educational way. And like, it really started me on this like obsession with nutrition for like a few years, So in that way, it's very similar, but also I was just thinking about, yeah, like you just being like, I'm so excited to have Rob on my podcast, which I feel like is just like another one of those like full circle things where it's like, you just talk, you know, like, it's like you look up to these people or like read their stuff or like they play an important part of your life. And then like, you get to have a conversation with them. And so I feel like it is, it is similar, like in that way where I was like, oh my God, I can't believe like Melanie would come on my show. But I also was like, I feel like you would be down to like, talk about all, all of this stuff, just from like the little that I know about you from, you know, listening to your podcast. So I'm glad that I was um, right. And that you like to talk about this, this stuff too. Yeah, no, I am, like I said, I'm so enjoying this conversation because this is definitely not, definitely not something I talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, really ever on podcasts or publicly, um, but it's the type of stuff I think about mm-hmm. all the time. So it's very appropriate. I feel like we definitely found each other in that. Yeah. In that yeah. I love to be like that. That's like one of the things that I like, sometimes I think, oh, I feel like this podcast is kind of like for the people that I'm like inviting onto the podcast to have conversations. Cause I feel like oftentimes it is like that. It's like a conversation that maybe you like wouldn't get to have elsewhere. Um, I feel like there's something fun. What do you think about this? Like about like having, like, I don't know why, but like having a, a, a conversation and recording it and like putting it out into the world, like, as opposed to just like having a private conversation, like, do you feel like it's more fun or like, I don't know, what's your like relationship to that? It, it makes it feel, um, <sighs> I, I really, I think I really like it because I get a little, I've, I've said, I get all these things I get stressed about, <laughs> but, um, I get a little bit sad that things aren't captured in life, mm-hmm. like experiences and moments, and they can be just, you know, passing. Um, but when you have a show or something and it's recorded, then it's like, it's, it's reach or it's meaning or its significance can extend beyond and, and be remembered. And like, I think the thing I'm most haunted by in life is, um, and this actually ties into my, my goals and dreams. And I don't even like talking about it because it sounds really pretentious and it's not, I don't mean it that way, but like, I, so I always thought (laughs) this is a question for you. Like, (laughs) Do you want to be a legend? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love that question. 
that I I'm like I could answer that but I more want to hear like why you're asking (laughs) and like what your what your answer to that question is so I always I just always thought like everybody would want to be a legend like I thought that was that was like the goal because (laughs) if you're because like there because the way I see it like in the world like there's been so many okay, this is bad. I know nothing about like history and how many people there have been. Um, <laughs> In all of Billions history? of people. Okay. <laughs> like, yes. Like there have been, I don't even know what number to ascribe to it, souls that mm-hmm. have like come and gone. Um, and so it, like, how do you extend, how do you like have meaning beyond that when there's been, and like time passes and, um, and so the way I see it is really the only way that you can like last significant wise is if you surpass time. So like, if you, you know, do something where you're, where you're remembered. Um, and so I always just assumed everybody wanted to be a legend. I also assumed everybody wanted to live forever. And I've realized these are two questions that like most people don't want to live forever. And most people don't want to be a legend and it blows my mind. <laughs> Oh my God, that is so funny. That's interesting. Like it makes sense to like kind of tie those two things together. It is funny because I know I've heard you say that before and I um, am not one of those people that wants to live forever. People Um, don't want to live forever. I thought everybody (laughs) did. (laughs) Um, It is is interesting though, like being, you know, listening to the, you know, different biohackers and stuff. Cause I know, I think Dave Asprey has said that too, that he wants to live forever. He like wants to live to like a hundred, like he has a certain number that he wants to live to. And 80, yeah. um, I just don't, yeah. It it is interesting to hear people to, as someone who like doesn't feel like sometimes I'm literally just like, you know, this is good enough. (laughs) I'm like, I'm tired. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it depends on like how much you're like enjoying your life at any given moment too. Like, I feel like in moments where I'm like, oh, this is like the best of the best. I'm like, oh, I don't want to ever, you know, stop versus, um, like moments where I'm like, I could do without this, (laughs) you know? Um, but I don't know, does it change for you based on, or is it like, is it something else? Like what, like, what is the drive to want to live forever? Is that you like want to preserve moments of life or like moments that you have with people? Or is it like that you just don't want to like, is it like FOMO of the future? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. It's okay. It's definitely not FOMO of the future. I never thought about it that way. Um, it's, it's because there's just so much I want to do. Like, okay. yeah. I just want to keep, I think I'm very purpose-driven. And so mm-hmm. I, um, it's interesting. I was listening last night. Do you ever listen to Rich Roll, Mm-mm. Roll's podcast? Mm-mm. Um, I think you'd probably like him. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because, so the reason I listened to him, because there are only a few podcasts I like listen to on the mm-hmm. regular. Um, I listened to him because he, because on my show, it's very, it's often like paleo and keto and all of that. And he's very vegan. Um, and he's also very into endurance sports and I know nothing about sports. Um, but so he's two things. A, I feel like listening to a vegan perspective keeps me Mm open-minded. Um, and then it kind of taps me into this athletic world that I know nothing about, but Mm -hmm. the main thing is he interviews, he interviews people and it's all people that I basically interview. It's like those type of people. Mm -hmm. So that's why I really like his show. Um, 
and I just like his vibe as a being. And I think you would probably like him because he, this is the type of stuff that he talks about. But last night I was listening to his interview with, um, Arthur C. Brooks, who writes books about happiness, I think. Um, so his newest book is called, I was just looking it up. Um, I'll have to look it up. It's something about um, happiness. Oh, here it is. From Strength to Strength, Finding Success, Happiness, and Deep Purpose in the Second Half of Life. But he was talking about the, um, like, what is happiness? Mm-hmm. And um how I'm super curious. He, so he gives the definition of what he actually thinks it is. Um, so what do you think happiness? Like, how would you, like, what do you think happiness is? Oh my gosh. What a question. Um, and this I ties guess, into everything. I promise. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I feel like the way that I experience it is like, as like a feeling of like being, well, I feel like now I'm just using like synonyms, but like being can tent or um I guess it's like I would say like a pleasurable like feeling about life or like about the moment yeah that's what because he's a professor at Harvard and um he says he asks his students this and they always start by saying it's like a feeling and yeah. he's, like, he's like it's not a feeling a feeling is a, a sign of happiness Interesting. um so he says, and when, so I thought about it before hearing his answer and like, what do I think it is? And yeah, I was like, well, I think it's, I think it's, um, contentment and, um, like, like you said, like feeling good about that contentment. Um, mm-hmm. but he said, it's basically satisfaction, which I think is a synonym for contentment probably. So he says yeah. it's satisfaction, enjoyment, okay. um, which he says requires a communal aspect to um, enjoying. Um, and then purpose, which is the one I definitely left out. Um, but I think to tie this all together, um, I, I think I definitely in my life have those things pretty consistently. Like they don't, like I really do. Well, the purpose is like always there. I really do enjoy it. And the satis- the satisfaction is definitely, or the, yeah, the satisfaction is, is something I struggle with. Um, but I think, um, I'm trying to remember why I'm talking about this. Oh, like living forever. So <laughs> I think, um, I think as long as I have those three things, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I want to just keep going. Like there's, yeah, it really goes back to, to works for me, like things I want to do, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. That is very interesting. I, I feel like I am not like a very doing motivated person. Like, I feel like I do really like, so it's interesting you say like the, the purpose is always there for you and the satisfaction you like sort of work on, or that's like something you have to work on more, which makes sense. Cause it feels like with purpose it feels like inherent in that is like drive for more and satisfaction feels like inherent with that is like satisfaction with what is, which those two things feel Mm, a bit at odds. What was the other one? Purpose, satisfaction, Um, enjoyment. Um, So I feel like I'm definitely like a more like satisfaction and like enjoy, I'm definitely like enjoyment oriented. (laughs) I think like, I love like my favorite, you know, which is partly why I love like Southern culture is like, if I could just, sit on a porch and like watch a rainstorm or like watch fireflies or just like drink a coffee like that to me is like 
extend that moment forever. Like I don't need to be doing anything. I just, I'm like enjoying that. And I'm like satisfied. And in a way, like it feels, it does feel like purposeful to me somehow. Like, even though I'm like not doing anything and like not contributing anything to anyone. (laughs) Um, but it feels like I'm almost like, oh, this is like why I was like put on earth, you know, to like sit on this porch and like drink. Wow. Okay. This like, (laughs) wow. Okay. This like blows my mind a little because, um, okay. So something like that, I, um, I, I can enjoy that, but I will feel guilty. Um, because I, if I feel like it's detracting from my greater like goal, like life Mm -hmm. goal, even though it's not like, like there's no reason I can't enjoy something. But like, if I ever take a moment and just enjoy something and I feel like I'm not being like productive or like, Mm -hmm. it's not attached to my goal. I feel, I hear the part in my head that's like, oh, this is not being productive. Like Mm -hmm. this. And the only way it feels okay to me is if it's like, I could go sit on that porch and like watch the fireflies. If it was because I was traveling to do a movie. And so (laughs) we're like having a time off, like, you know, like it's okay, (laughs) but, um, it's so, yeah, it's so interesting how people, you know, have, how we have different, you know, how we value things differently and like what means, and what's crazy is like you and I could probably both enjoy that experience the exact same, to the exact same extent, Mm -hmm. but, um, how we feel about enjoying it would be different. Interesting. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's always like that judgment. I mean, that's something that I really struggle with, but I, I don't really have like, again, like I'm not, I'm just like not super, it's weird. Cause I think when I was younger, I was like a little bit more ambitious and like a little bit more purpose and like goal driven. But I feel like as I've gotten older, I've sort of been like, well, I don't know, like, or I feel like I've like accomplished things and then been like, mm, that was okay. <laughs> kind of like, it doesn't give me that like feeling that I feel like I maybe was like chasing or something. Um, oh my goodness. What? Yeah, say. I'm, no, no, I'm just saying like, I'm, I'm so still so happy to be having this conversation <laughs> because, um, because that's what, so like what you're saying right now is, it, it, I, I think that's a very common experience. And there's like all these books written about even his happiness book. That's what it's about. Like, how do you deal with this question? And I'm so perplexed about why I I personally don't feel like I experienced that. And I even, did you hear my episode with Dr. Anna Limke who wrote Dopamine Nation? Oh, I don't think so. We, we talked about this, um, cause she talks about the Hidon hedonic treadmill and things that make us happy and like goal setting and how goals never like accomplishing things don't feel the way we think they'll feel. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, like I, I, everything, I, when I like accomplish a goal, like it feels really good and it keeps feeling good. And I don't, and I, and I, I don't know, like, I don't know. I, I try to stay grateful for everything and like exist within that. Um, but I can't, I honestly can't think of a time where I had a goal that I really wanted and then I got it. And then I was like, oh, that didn't feel as good as I thought. Like normally yeah. I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't well, know. That's so, so interesting. Yeah. I'm fascinated that you never experienced, well, like just now what popped into my head was like, maybe there's an element of like how hard you work and how hard, like 
the universe comes to meet you or something. Like I'm trying to think of like things like the first experience that I had of this was I published a poetry, like I self-published a poetry book, which is like, I feel like I always like wanted to publish a book or like write a book. And like, I, I felt happy about it for literally like 20 minutes. Like I, I just didn't, oh my goodness, it just didn't like maintain, but then I'm thinking, well, maybe I didn't like work hard enough on it. Or maybe it's because maybe I would have felt, you know, more like excited or more like proud of it or something like if it had gotten, you know, like a lot of readers or something. So I actually, I'm curious, like when you wrote what, when wine originally, like this is so interesting. So like with your experience, well, first of all, step me back, just one little quick comment. It, it's really interesting to hear you say all of this because, um, like from the outside, you look very, um, like having a podcast seems like a very like goal oriented, like, uh, it, it seems like in contrary to mm. the, the feelings that you're, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, describing and same with like the self-publishing a book that that seems like a very much like a thing in line with all these things we're talking about yeah. so it's interesting to hear your experience of that and how you don't perceive it that way and that you don't you know it's not it doesn't feel the way you thought it would feel um yeah so like because uh, when I self-published the the book um yeah it felt it felt really good I was really, really excited. And then it, then it is always like on to the next big thing, which I Mm -hmm. think is the thing that ties together these two mindsets that we're talking about where like you're, you know, you accomplish the thing and then it's like, okay, now there's something else. But I think the the difference is for me, I still like it, it doesn't detract from that, that thing I accomplished. It just feels like, okay, this was the stepping stone. Now time for the next stepping stone. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And did you feel like you had like a clear next step? Wait, I can't remember like the timeline you said, but after you published your, your book and then I don't know how, how long was it until you wanted to like decided to start a podcast? Yeah. So the timeline of everything. So I self-published the book in 2014 and that, that's another example of like, small choices affecting so many things, because the reason I, I did it was I was dating a like semi famous magician at the time <laughs> with a, t- that's not <laughs> what I expected you to say after semi famous. That's really funny. Okay. I, I like met him on his TV show. So he had like his own TV show and, but he was an author as well. Um, and he was like, he's like, you've got her. I oh, wait, he's the reason I did the podcast too. Cause he had a podcast. Um, and he was like, you got to do a book. He's like, you got to do a podcast. Wow. <laughs> he's like, you got to do these things. Uh, so he's on, it's like, oh, if I hadn't met him, I don't know if I would have, um, you know, done, I, I don't know. But um, yeah. so it, it was around the same time that I decided to do both because he was saying I should do both. Um, so 2014 was the self-published one. Reaching out to Jen was like, 2017 ish. And in the interim of that, um, was when I signed with my literary agent, which was also like a moment of, um, a moment of me being like, 
the stars are aligning. Like, what are the odds? Like, this is all meant to be because I reached out to her. So basically I, I knew I wanted to, so my big goal with the book was I always wanted to have like a real book, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like a book in stores. Like I wanted to be in Barnes and Noble. And, um, so I researched, I self-published and then I researched all of the literary agents and I picked my dream agent who was Rob's agent and Dave Asprey's agent and everybody's agent. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to go for this. <laughs> um, and so I spent a month writing my, my proposal email, which is like three paragraphs and I sent it and I heard, which I sent it, I heard back. It blew my mind. She, she called me. She said she gets 10,000 unsolicited submissions every year. And she answers two of them. And she was answering mine. What? <laughs> like, I had nothing at the time, like no platform. Like I had the self-published book, but that's it. Um, that was the first time I cried from happiness. I didn't realize you could cry from happiness. I was like, this is what this feels like. Um, but yeah, it's like moments like that where I'm like, like, I don't know, like I still, so that, that felt, that felt so amazing. And, and even thinking about now, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I don't know. What was the question? Um, <laughs> well, we're just like thinking about like, yeah, what, how did that like feeling of, of happiness about your accomplishments, like maintain? I mean, but that's like a huge thing. <laughs> like getting that agent sounds like, so it fe- it sounds like it's just like, kind of like one great thing after the next in a way that's, that it kind of combines both your effort and like the universe coming to like meet you. Yeah. I, I just, like, I'm really just, I'm just so grateful and I'm just really in awe. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know how, um, I definitely don't take it for granted. And, and again, I don't know what the driving force is. And I, and I really don't, I, I don't have that experience. I'm trying to think, like, I really can't think of a, Cause so when you were telling that, when you were talking just a minute ago about how you self-published the book and you were like, well, maybe if I had worked harder or it had done differently, then, then I would have been happy with it. But what I hear from that is I'm like, that just wasn't what you wanted. Like, I mean, maybe you yeah. wanted it, but it wasn't like, it wasn't something that, you know, was going to like light up your soul. I, I don't think. Yeah. It was like, not like I would have taken it. <laughs> But I wouldn't, I, I, yeah, it wasn't something like you saying like, oh, I really wanted to have a book that was like in bookstores. I feel like, yeah, the way that I sort of relate to that also as like a writer is like, oh, it would be cool to have a book in bookstores, but that's like Mm -hmm. not necessarily something that feels like important to me or, or, yeah. So it is interesting. It's like, like, what are the certain ambitions where like it's funny because like now I'm like well what are my ambitions and I'm like I really want to like go tubing down a river <laughs> like, I'm wow just, like, yeah yeah wanna, I'm like I would die to sit on a porch <laughs> you know just like these more of like these moments or experiences or something rather than accomplishments and I don't know if I don't fully really know why that is like part of me is thinking <laughs> um I don't know if you've ever done like any type of like psychedelics, but I did them. I did mushrooms for the first time when I was 20, 20, I think. And, um, it just like really changed. Like, I feel like it like removed all ambition and just like, it, like totally 
change like the whole way that I <laughs> kind of oh um, really go, go about life yeah <laughs> so you felt you felt ambitious pre-psychedelics well I'm just like trying to think because when I think back to like my childhood you know I was like obviously in school you sort of have this built-in like ladder in a way of like you're going from grade to grade but you're also you know trying to get good grades and um there's sort of like a path laid out for you and I feel like I was really good in that environment like I always was in you know like honors classes and AP classes and you know I got like pretty good grades um so there was like kind of like that level of ambition where it was like okay yeah I'm gonna like graduate I'm gonna have good grades I'm gonna like go to a good college and then like in college was like when I did the mushroom like and I don't know did if I had necessarily strong ambition like I think I just didn't really know what I wanted to do you know as a career or whatever um in college so it's not like I went in being like oh I really want to do you know which I think is different you know you always like wanted to be an actor and so you kind of like knew that um and so I, I never really had anything like that, that was like a strong desire, but I think I had like a desire for like nebulous success or like what, you know, whatever that means. Um, nebulous, like fame maybe, or like whatever, like just being, you know, validated and acknowledged, but it was never like, oh, this is the thing that I love doing. And, um, so I don't know, like I probably had more ambition, but maybe I never really had like a lot of ambition or like specific ambition. Cause I think it does require some specifics in order to like know what to work toward. Like, I'm just thinking about your like supplement company and you're like, Oh, I really want to create these supplements. That's like something that's really important to you. And so you'd go do that. Whereas like, if you don't really know what you want, then it's hard to like make any moves toward it, <laughs> obviously. I'd be super curious. Um, have you heard of this sparkotype? archetypes. Um, again, I heard this interview on rich, rich roll. Mm-hmm. I want, I wanted, I've been trying to book this guy for the podcast, but his, he's not responded to my okay. <laughs> queries. Um, so yeah. it's by Jonathan Fields and he okay. has this work about sparkotypes and basically, uh, all of his research is in finding the things in life that make that, um, that give people purpose and he came up with 10 sparkotypes. Mm-hmm. And so it's like 10 and I'll, I'll give some examples and it'll make more sense, but it's like 10 things, like 10 types of people. And that's what gives you purpose and drive and passion. And, um, like your, your shadow sparkotype. So the thing that is like your, that you're least like, um, of the 10, um, that means that doing that thing, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't like it or don't value it, but it, it's just really draining to, to do it compared to your sparkotype where it's the thing that gives you energy. Interesting. So I would be so curious what it would give you. And what's, what really sold me on it is I took the quiz and I was like, oh, this is like literally exactly what I'm doing. So the, the two, cause it gives you two, mine was um, performer. And then second one was maven, which is like seeker of knowledge. And so like literally what I'm doing with my show is yeah. I'm like seeking knowledge and a performance aspect. So I was like, wow, I'm literally doing what, he, you know, what he says. And then my, my shadow one. So the one that's most draining for me, and this makes so much sense to me um, because a lot of, I have a lot of guilt surrounding this. So nurturer is actually mm-hmm. my 
my most draining. And I think that explains like, it made me feel so much better because I've never wanted to have kids. Mm -hmm. Um, not because I don't like kids, but it would just be so draining to me because I would really want to like be a good parent and nurture them. But I find that a very, like, it requires a lot of energy for me. Yeah. Um, so I felt absolved of my, my thoughts there, <laughs> but I would be really curious what, what you would be. You'll have to take the quiz later and let me know what, what it gives you. It yes. might give some clarity and what you, <laughs> I definitely will do that. For you. Yeah. And I've also been, I don't like, are you into astrology at all? <laughs> I, um, I, I don't know much about it. Um, oh, and to comment on your psychedelics, oh, I, yeah. I, um, I have not done psychedelics. I want to, although now <laughs> I'm like, what if I lose my, I know, I'm like, <laughs> I wait, my... don't do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, but no, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know a lot. I do not know a lot about yeah. it. I'm a Scorpio. That's all I, I love Scorpios. Um, I'm a Capricorn, but I, yeah, I, I guess like just on the same, you know, the same thing as like the spark type, I feel like it's just like so helpful to see those personality things or whatever that are just like in your, in your chart or like that come up on my quiz. Like, I feel like it's, this is kind of like, you know, back to the very first thing that we talked about, about just like feeling like we want to be fit in with like what society expects from us or the way that you know, cause like we do live in a culture that's like rewards certain sort of like personality types or certain, you know, ways of living and being and, and doesn't reward other ones. Um, so I think it is sometimes just hard to like trust that it's okay to like be yourself when society isn't like reflecting that that's okay. Actually. So that I was literally going to say something to that effect with what you were saying, mm-hmm. because, um, cause you're saying, you know, you have this like sort of vague idea of Mm -hmm. wanting fame or something, but maybe that's just because, and I don't know, but maybe that's just because in society, like fame and all that goes with this idea of like, it goes with this idea of like doing your purpose or accomplishments or like doing something. So it's the vibe of like doing what you're supposed to be doing in a way. And you, and you, you're trying to figure out what you want to be doing. So maybe you don't actually want that per se and like yeah. achievements per se, but you want that, that vibe. And I want to, I want to be super clear. Like, I don't think, so I am very achievement driven and I think society rewards achievements. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's like the, the thing, like <laughs> it yeah, just totally. so happens that my, it just so happens that what I want, like aligns with society. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Which is so like, again, like so funny, just thinking back to your, um, turning down that job. I just like, love that you had the, I don't know, like commitment to your own like desires to like turn it down and and go in like the direction that you wanted to go. Um, I still wonder about it though. Yeah. Like I'm still like, (laughs) like what would have happened? Did I have done that? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't don't know. I know. Um, Impossible to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the fame thing is interesting. I feel like as I've done the podcast, I think it's been really nice actually to not have like a huge following because I think it like lets me feel more comfortable talking about whatever I want to talk about without feeling, actually, that's the question that I wanted to ask you. Um, 
like, I think not having a following like gives me in some ways, like a little bit of freedom to maybe be really vulnerable, um, and talk about things that, you know, cause I'm not like, Oh my God, tons and tons of people are going to hear this. Um, so it like allows me like a little bit of privacy while still, you know, putting things out into the world, which feels like a little bit safer, obviously, like I, I love like all of the conversations that I have and I feel like they would be so helpful to other people. And I like want other people to hear them, but I think just like for my own, that feels like potentially like a getting there slowly in a way that makes me feel more comfortable. Um, but so, yeah, I, am always like curious. Cause I know you, you don't really like talk about your personal life a lot on the podcast. And actually I was going to bring this up. It's like a funny thing, the way that I feel like we, I, like when I emailed you to be on this, I like emailed you on a thread about um, <laughs> this guy that you talked about. Who that was smart. Whole Foods. Cause yeah, I was like, she probably, if I email you separately, I'm sure you get so many emails, you wouldn't like connect that it's the same person. And I wanted to be like, look, we like had this rapport already. Um, but yeah. So how, how like was that for you to kind of be doing this podcast and then have a bunch of people listening? Like, was that a challenge or like, were you like, how much should I share? Or like, what kinds of things should I share? Like, I think that whole foods guy story, which happened, I don't know, like a few months ago, again, like five years into the podcast was like the first time I'd ever heard you talk about really like your personal life outside of like health. Yeah. And what's so funny about the whole foods guy story. So for listeners, I, I basically just, I had this crush on this guy who worked at whole foods and <laughs> So relatable, like so I, relatable. <laughs> and would like share my experience. And I, I did go to some sort of crazy lengths to try to get his attention, including like dressing up in a cocktail dress and going in it on like a Friday night, pretending like I, um, was, you know, going out, but really it's just cause I wanted to dress up in a cocktail dress. <laughs> um, but, uh, what's funny is that, so I haven't, what's funny about, oh, I have so many thoughts about this and, and, and answering your question, um, that I share publicly, like I shared that publicly because like, I'm not really in love with, I mean, I, I did have a, a big crush on him, but like, I'm not like dreaming about him. I'm not thinking about him. It, he wasn't like, I just thought it was really funny. And I have had my own experiences, uh, romantic relationships and um, actually with people I can't even talk about because people probably know who they are <laughs> listening to my, um, shows. Um, and I would never like talk about that on the show. So talking about the whole foods guy is like the first time I, um, kind of like went there, but it's funny because people listen to it and they probably, they probably literally think that like, he's like the thing I think about all the time. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, this is not, <laughs> this is just like something funny to me. Um, but to, to answer your question about the interesting thing about the interesting thing about podcasting is you don't see, you know, your audience. Um, so like when I'm recording the intermittent fasting podcast, which we get, uh, I mean, we get around like 30 or 40,000 uh, people probably listening to an episode at any one time for like the first month. Um, like if I could see all those people, like I, I often wonder like, Hmm, like would I be saying things differently? Would I, would I be more measured in what I'm saying? Um, but I think probably the personal stuff I talk about is pretty benign, but I've, I've been experiencing it more on, um, the, the biohacking podcast, because I, I haven't aired it. Well, I've aired one of them. Um, 
but I was raised in a very religious, uh, Christian Southern family. And, um, like the topic of sex was something that was very like hush hush and, (laughs) um, you know, like no sex before marriage and like a very, I, I was raised very certain way about that. And so now with like the biohacking show and health and everything, I definitely, I really want to explore sexual health and I haven't aired these episodes yet, but, um, I've aired a lot on the topic and it's definitely been my first time where I'm like, Oh, like if I air this, cause I get very personal and what I like talk about, I'm like, Hmm, it's really, really probably all. It just goes back to like what my mom would think. Um, (laughs) yeah, totally. But, um, it's, um, what's also interesting is I remember I used to listen to things growing up and I'd be like, Oh, I can't believe they're like talking about this publicly. But now I'm like, Oh, it's fine. Like (laughs) whatever. I'm an open book. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I've chosen to just be an open book with everything. And, and even like, I don't know if you heard me talk about like the, the the sexual assault experience that I had sort Mm, of February. So that was something where I was like, Oh, should I like talk about this or not? And, um, I was like, Oh, I have to talk about this. Like, like, this is like a platform and like, this is a, um, a good thing I think to, to talk about, but, um, yeah, it's a really good question. I, it's probably different. Cause like, you know, you don't see the audience, but then again, I don't know if I would be any different if I could see the audience and being raised as like an actor in theater, I don't have any like stage fright or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I actually feel very much alive in front of large crowds. Yeah. Despite being an introvert and not liking being on camera, we're doing audio. Only yeah. right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was kind of all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's like, that's really interesting. I, I, when I started my podcast in 2019 and did like 20 episodes, I, I was like talking about things that felt so vulnerable that I just was like, I can't, I like, couldn't continue. <laughs> like I, I, like I had to stop and take a break and like come back to myself. And I, I actually this time, and it, again, it's like not that many people are listening. Um, but I think just the fact of putting it out there, maybe like the imagined audience like where I'm like someone who hates me could hear this or something like Mm -hmm. I don't even know um but it's interesting because this time I hit that a little bit and I'm just like trying to push through because I'm like oh I haven't done that I haven't pushed through before so like what's that gonna be like sorry when was the first time 2019 like at the end of 2019 is when I stopped and then like yeah obviously like the pandemic and everything but yeah I don't know it's 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 hard to put yourself out there and like what, and even, you know, a part of me is like, well, nutrition isn't that vulnerable, but it actually, I mean, it's such a divisive topic that in that way, it really is very vulnerable to like, say what you think. And I think you're very good at, um, you know, saying everyone, you know, you need to do what's best for you and you need to try things and experiment yourself. And like, this is just like what I'm offering, but this is not, you know, advice necessarily. definitely not like medical advice. Um, so, you know, I think that kind of helps a little, but I, I don't know, like it is so, it is so divisive. <laughs> um, there's obviously there's so many people who have so many different opinions about what's right. And they're just like very strong. It's like religious almost. It, it really, really is. And I actually, I shudder. It's, it's again, a little bit of an ironic feeling because, um, now people like, cause I have my main Facebook group, IF biohackers and 
it's a wonderful community, but sometimes people will post and then people, people will answer them and be like, they'll answer for me. Like, like somebody will answer, will ask the question and somebody will be like, well, Melanie thinks blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait, hold the phone. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm not like gospel. Like, <laughs> um, I, uh, I don't want, you know, to be seen as like an authority figure, um, in, in anything really. Um, because I don't, I, I don't know, like, I don't know anything. And, um, You might've heard me talk about this. Have you heard me talk about the split brain studies before? I don't know. Will you say this is so like, I, I already didn't think that I knew anything, but then I read these studies that they would do in split brain patients. So basically, cause part half of your brain controls your language. And then the other side controls, um, uh, motor action and things like that. And so when they do studies with patients where the two hemispheres aren't connected and they'll like show the people stuff, but they'll like, they, they set up the experiment so that part of their brain doesn't see what's going on. So like the language part of the brain doesn't see what's in front of them. Um, these people will just like make up stories for why they did what they did. And they'll actually, they will actually believe it. So like, they'll be like, why did you pick up this card? And, but like the language part of the brain didn't see it. So they'll be like, oh, because blah, 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 blah. Um, wow. And so that made me realize, wow, like I, I don't know anything. My brain could <laughs> literally be making up a story, like literally. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That anything. is like terrifying, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, our brains are literally making up stories too though you know like we think that we're like oh I see this and I'm like putting this together and you know everything is so logical but it's like it does I mean what you're saying like makes a lot of sense I feel like it kind of explains some things that like mystics talk about about just like how we tell our stories and like how we perceive like the story of our life and also like the story of like what's happening around us which I think explains a lot of like why there is so much divisiveness with nutrition and there is so much divisiveness with politics. It's like, everyone's like, you think they're perceiving, like you think they're like living in the same world, but they're just like not, and they're perceiving it like totally different. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all have like such different experiences and even every time you, you know, remember something, you're solidifying your version of how you remember it. Totally. And it's like, what actually happened? Who knows? Um, I'm trying to remember what, what was the, what, what was the root of that? Let me question? try to remember. Was it, maybe it was just about like the, the divisiveness or people. Oh, people. um, like the vulnerability. Well, that was like the very root. I think like the vulnerability of sharing about nutrition. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, so that was something I was going to comment on also was I'm, I'm super grateful as well, because the, I think that my audience and the community is very, it's a very open-minded community and they're like very supportive. It's, it's very rare that, um, I, cause I do occasionally get people reaching out like trolls or people that, you know, don't like me mm-hmm. <laughs> for whatever reason I can usually turn it around. Like I can usually talk to them. Cause I think people don't, like when they reach out, they don't think I'm actually, they don't understand that it's like a real person that they're talking right. to. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, sorry. That was loud. But so when I like respond and they're like, oh, okay. Like people, it's funny. People will like backtrack. They'll like send me a DM and this is very rare. So I don't want to make it seem like this is happening all the time, but most people are very supportive, but every now and then people will send me something like pretty intense and not nice. And I can usually answer. And then they'll be like, oh, oh, like, I love your show. Like, thank you for answering. Like, you'll be like a 180. And I'm just like, okay. I've um, heard multiple podcast hosts actually like talk about this. <laughs> oh, really? Where, it's yeah. So like weird. Yeah. It's like people don't expect someone to be on the other side, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting, but I'm, um, it's interesting though, cause people will like lament social media and how toxic it is and how polarizing, but I guess I know our social media experience is um, informed a lot by what we're engaging with. Like, you know, like we see the things that we're looking for and we attract certain content based on what we're doing. And I guess because I just exist within this community, that's really wonderful. I have like a pretty like good time on social media. (laughs) Um, So yeah, grateful for that as well. Yeah. And I feel like it's like what you put out as well. It's like, you always like put out positivity. And so I think people like respond to that too. Um, I I wanted to ask, so you always ask on your, on Melanie Avalon biohacking podcast, the last question is always, what are you grateful for? And I really wanted to ask you, and now I'm like, well, you've said like a million things that you're grateful (laughs) for, like throughout the episode, but I still want to ask you if there's like anything that's like popping up as something that you want to say that you're grateful for. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love that. Um, well, I think just based on this conversation, I'm now I'm really great. Well, I'm grateful for this conversation. I have so many things. <laughs> I'm, gra- I'm, I'm grateful that I'm grateful that you reached out and that we had this conversation. And, um, I'm realizing now I'm really grateful that I don't personally struggle with. So it's, it's, a, it's a good and bad thing. Um, the, um, the, the, the intense, like, purpose that I have, like the intense, the desire I have to do certain things, it can be overwhelming because, and it's something I need to work on more, you know, like, cause I, I might not feel content with myself because I'm not like achieving something fast enough, or, um, I can be really hard on myself, but I'm all, but I am really grateful that I don't struggle with, um, needing to feel like I need to find my purpose. Cause that should, like, I've just felt so like stable in that, or, um, that's always been a consistent in my life since I was like very, very little. So I'm really grateful that I, out of all, like, I have a lot of challenges, but I'm grateful that I don't, one of them is not like trying to find my purpose that I, that that comes very naturally. So I'm super grateful for that. Um, I love that. I love that. that. Yeah. It's so, I love hearing that because I, um, that's like probably the main thing that I've struggled with and it's definitely not easy, but I, in some ways it makes me feel better that it's that for other people it's it does come so naturally because it I feel like that makes me less feel like I'm like failing at that somehow or I'm like well Melanie had it just like inherently so yeah yeah because I don't I was just thinking about this I was like how would I how would I um encourage somebody or tell somebody oh this is the way you get that feeling I I don't know because I just feel that way like I don't know how you would work your way there yeah yeah 
And I don't know. And again, going, bring, bring everything full circle. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, is that completely <laughs> intrinsic? Like uh, what causes that? I, I, and I guess that's what all those books are about trying to help people find that. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we've, we've not necessarily answered any questions, but we've created questions <laughs> we for people to ponder, <laughs> which I think is very valuable. I think um, so. So this, yeah, this was so amazing, Melanie. Thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast and playing with me and just going down these like awesome philosophical rabbit holes. It's like literally my favorite. I mean, this is like my favorite thing to do. I think <laughs> like I love having conversations like this. So I love um, you know, t- getting to talk to other people who also like love to engage with that. It's like seriously so exciting <laughs> for me. Um, I want for listeners, like check out Melanie's stuff. Obviously we did not talk about like the content of her work really. Um, but you know, she has her book, What When Wine, the Intermittent Fasting Podcast, which is seriously just like one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to it every single week. The <laughs> Melanie Avalon Biohacking podcasts, which like Melanie just interviews like such a range of amazing researchers and um, scientists and doctors and just like people who just can tell you so much about health in like literally every aspect of health, like totally holistic. Um, And everyone has different opinions, which I feel like is, you know, so good in a field that is again, like so divisive and people have so many different opinions and the research is like always constantly changing. So I feel like it's, we're so lucky, I think, to live in a time where we have podcasts like Melanie's podcast, um, where it's like people who are like, are literally on the leading edge of research talking about health. Like, I just feel so like grateful to live in this time. And then also check out um, <laughs> her serapeptase supplement um, coming soon, magnesium. Do you want to like explain what serapeptase is sure uh, I mean I don't know (laughs) yeah you know I would love to and I was just thinking maybe your maybe your purpose is like being a publicist because (laughs) you're you're very good at this um so serapeptase is an enzyme created by the Japanese silkworm and when you take it on an empty stomach it it breaks down proteins and specifically non-living or problematic proteins in your body so it will clear your sinuses, help with brain fog, um, allergies, inflammation. It can help wound healing, um, potentially reduce pain. It's clear, break down fibroids, amyloid plaque, reduce cholesterol. It's like just a wonder drug. I, it's, well, it's not a, it's not a pharmaceutical. It's a, um, like I said, an enzyme. Um, and I started taking it and it was one of the things that was like, so uncanny. It was like the supplement that both Jen Stevens and I were both taking and Jen doesn't really take a lot of supplements. And so we, we had this like serapeptase moment in the beginning of the show where we're like, Oh my goodness, we both take this supplement. And we sort of started a a movement for serapeptase. And so I knew all along, I needed it to be my first supplement that I released, um, which I wanted to make my own supplement line because I just don't trust the supplement industry. And I wanted to make the best version of everything so I could personally take it, especially with the serapeptase, um, because it, it needs to be taken. It has to be protected to reach your small intestine because it will break down prematurely and be denatured if you, um, if it doesn't make it there. And so the majority of the ones on the market use these enteric coatings that have like compounds and plastics in them. And 
So I just need to make my own. Um, so that's why I decided to make it for my first one. And it's a game changer. Like I take it every day of my life and it really helps my allergies and sinuses and all the things. So I, I'm so I'm yeah, really grateful that it's gone so well. And, and the next one will be, like you said, magnesium, which I know a lot of people, a lot of people love magnesium. So yeah. Yeah. I, it's so funny yesterday. Oh, oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Oh no, I was just going to say it's at avalonx.us. That's the brand. Oh, perfect. Thank you. And I'll put like links to everything um, in the show notes too. I was just going to say yesterday, my friend came over and she was like, oh, my allergies are so bad. And I was like, here, take a bottle of syrup peptase. And she was like, oh yes, (laughs) no, thank you. I was like, no, really like take it. But I think she just like, was like, no, I can't take like a bottle. Like I bought, you know, three at a time or whatever. And I was, I'm like, trying to like push them on oh my <laughs> on everyone oh so you literally were like a, that's I amazing. literally was like take this bottle and I was like you know you don't have to like use all of it but might as well try it and she was just like oh no it's okay like I have allergy medicine and I was like oh you don't know what you're missing out on but I just don't know how to like explain <laughs> explain it I know I used to like my allergies especially grass like I am just I they're awful and I used to take allergy meds and this is the thing that just clears me completely and it's like really good for you. So, but yeah, it's so hard to, it's hard to explain or. Yeah, totally. But, um, and then I just, I guess just like one last, now I'm just thinking about when you were like, oh yeah. Cause I was like obsessed with Rob Wolf and I was like, oh, I'm not obsessed, but I'm like, maybe I am a little obsessed. Um, but what one wine? So Melanie's book, which I've like heard about for five years, but I never read it because I wasn't interested in paleo. And I also wasn't interested in wine. Um, but I, you know, knowing that you're coming, you're coming on the podcast. I was like, I should familiarize myself with the book. And honestly, like it is so good. It's like, so well written. It like covers literally everything. I think this is now my go-to. So like, if anyone's listening to this and they're like, not, you know, they're sort of new to nutrition or whatever. Like I would say like, go to that book first. Like you'll get so much information just like in the one book. It's like, it's so good. <laughs> I Thank love you it. so much. I, um, it's funny. I, I haven't like hardcore revisited it since it came out and I'm like a little nervous. Cause I'm like, Oh, what if I find things that I'm like, Oh, I don't agree with that anymore. <laughs> um, but I, I, I was so ha- happy. Um, I think my publisher did an amazing job at making it a really like beautiful book. Like I just love the way it looks. Did you get, did you um get the, re- the print or? No, I'm reading the Kindle. Okay. I'm sending you the print <laughs> after, after I have to get your address. Okay. Um, because like physically it just really, it came together really, really nicely. Oh, which um, awesome. fun fact, you might've heard me talk about this, but I, the audiobook I really wanted to record the audiobook, and they, made me audition and then they only let me record the intro. <laughs> oh That's well. So funny. <laughs> so funny. Which is uh, hilarious too because Melanie, like the, another thing that you do is record audiobooks. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. That was before the podcast though. Well okay. no, it was right in the beginning of the podcast. Okay. I think now I could probably I think now I could <laughs> <laughs> you could get a call back at least. <laughs> I could get a call back. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, cause you read, um, the yoga of eating, right. Which I actually yes. haven't read it. I've like started it, but I'm, and I'm so excited cause I am prepping right now to interview Charles Eisenstein who wrote oh, that. And, so and what's cool. so funny, I was telling my sister about this, um, the other day, cause she's, 
really into the type of stuff that he writes, but I, I didn't know who he was. Like I, I read the yoga of eating and it like, I just thought it was amazing. And I, this was forever ago. And I reached out and like offered to create the audiobook myself for him. And, um, he answered and he let me, and he let me do it. But what's crazy is I didn't really realize at the time that he's like a big deal. And that like the yoga of eating was not like his thing. <laughs> like yeah. he has a lot of like books that are about society and humanity and, um, economics and like, yeah, like he has, a, yeah. yeah. Like he has like a really intense Wikipedia page. Like he's like <laughs> a big deal. And I was just like, can I record your <laughs> yoga eating book? Um, but I'm really excited because he's coming on my show and like two months. Oh my God. Um, but now awesome. I'm stressed now. Cause I'm like, he has so many books. I'm like, Oh, like what? I don't know. Like I, I can't, I have to be, I, I don't have time to read all of them. So I'm trying to decide what to read right now. I'm reading his book on climate change right now, oh, nice. but um, yeah, I feel like you guys will have a great, I was just thinking, Oh, I would love to have a conversation with like both of you. Cause I feel like he gets really into um, kind of the stuff that we, we talk, maybe like more practical level, but I feel like he's like a very spiritual like person mm-hmm. and like very just very thoughtful have you have you read any of his books I'm besides? trying to remember if I have read any or if I just put them all in my Amazon cart and then like watched yeah. a lot of like videos of him <laughs> um, yeah. yeah yeah I'm definitely like familiar oh, and, with and him but yeah no I was just gonna say this is an example too of like going back to the beginning like the universe like so I you know reached out recorded his book um, and then I tried like semi recently to try to book him again, but I couldn't like my contact there who had like helped me with the audiobook was gone. And so like, I never heard back from him. And I was like, this is so ironic. Like I can't get in touch with him. And I've recorded this audiobook. And then like a ran a friend, um, who, who I've had on the show and I've been on his show rant just randomly, like email, email me. and was like, you should have Charles on your show. Like he's amazing. And I was like, I've been trying to reach out to him. So wow, everything, you know, it's like at the example of at the beginning, you're like, would things have happened, you know, anyways, even if you didn't do the certain thing. And like, that's a perfect example. Like I tried to get him on my own and the way he came to me was not through my own doing. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like do things ultimately happen ultimately regardless. I, I don't yeah. know, but <laughs> everything's forward, forward movement, I guess. Yeah, totally. I always think about like intention and then like curiosity, which is like the intent of like, I want to have him or like, I want to do this thing. And then the curiosity of like being open to, um, you know, like it coming, however it comes kind of. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, Curiosity is, I feel like often the antidote to something like we could see it, have an experience and be like, this is painful, or I don't like this, or we could just be curious about everything. Yes. 100%. I love that. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. I like honestly had a blast talking to you. Um, I can't wait to do my sparkotype and let you know. And, um, yeah. Thank you. Also, is there anything else you wanted to say just before we go? No, just thank okay. you. And this is the most unique conversation. <laughs> like I've 
none of my interviews that I've done have they, you know, even remotely addressed this or touched these topics. So I can't wait for you to air it. And I'm going to share it with everybody and <laughs> tell everybody to listen. Oh my God. That's awesome. It's going to come out in like less than a week. We're recording right up <laughs> to the hour. So awesome. um, yeah, I'm really excited. And I'm like, seriously, so glad that you enjoyed it. Cause again, like that is one of the things that I feel like I've come to really love about this podcast is like giving you know, my guests, like a space to have new conversations and like take thought to new places or reflect on things that they maybe like otherwise wouldn't get to. So, um, that just like makes me feel like I am like fulfilling my purpose. <laughs> um, I think and- you are. That's what I was. I was going to say that I was like, I feel like this is your purpose yeah. in a way. Yeah. So thank you. If you like this podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your family, leave me a rating and a review. It means so much to me and I will talk to you next week. Bye.